I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. I have been teaching piano lessons for 30 years. I was still in high school when I started. And the question I've consistently been asked the most is, what is the best age to begin piano lessons? I'm going to answer this question today, but first I want to specify what I'll be considering, quote, piano lessons. I'll be talking about traditional private piano lessons. This is the most common form of piano lessons. It's what I've taught most, and it's most commonly what people are referring to when they ask this question. Traditional piano lessons are one-on-one -on -one with the instructor and student in person with the student learning to read and play music. So what we're not talking about are group lessons or specialized methods like Suzuki method. We are talking specifically about piano lessons just because that's my area of expertise. However, for the most part, this information will translate to other instruments as well. So private piano lessons. Usually the person asking the question about timing is a parent of a young child. And the first thing I usually talk with them about are what I call signs of readiness. There are five signs of readiness that I look for when determining if a young child is ready for lessons. The first one, is the student interested in learning to play the piano? If they're not, and it's the parent who wants the kid to take lessons, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea. There are plenty of things we expose our kids to for their benefit, even if they don't want it at the time. <laughs> School and homework being a couple of those things. But if the child does have a strong interest in piano lessons, that is a real strong positive sign of readiness. A second sign, does the child have a long enough attention span to sit and focus and pay attention for a 30 minute lesson every week, plus practicing at home each day for about 15 minutes? That's sort of the, the beginning baseline minimum that you need to be practicing at least five days a week when you're starting lessons at a, even at a young age. Again, if students don't have this attention span, that doesn't necessarily mean that they shouldn't take lessons. Lessons could be a really great way for them to gradually increase their ability to focus and concentrate and also develop good coping skills for dealing with restlessness. Like maybe they learn how to tell when they just need to get up from the piano bench and do 10 jumping jacks. We're, we're just taking the pulse of each of these five signs of readiness to see what the overall indicators are. And if the student is able to sit and focus for a 30 minute lesson, that's a really positive indicator. The third sign of readiness, is the student familiar with numbers, especially one through five, and letters, especially A through G? A through G is the musical alphabet, and the numbers one through five are used right off the bat with, with piano lessons and used all the time during lessons. Step number four, or sign of readiness number four, how developed is the child's small muscle coordination? Are they able to write letters and numbers? Can they write their name? Can they use a scissors? If they are, they'll have less frustration to deal with as they try to get their hands and fingers to do what their brain is telling them to do in the process of learning to play the piano. 
The fifth sign of readiness is really more of a parental sign of readiness. Is the parent willing to be involved in the process? A young child will need a parent or a grandparent or other adult to sit with them for most or all of their at-home practice time, which again is probably going to be at least 15 minutes a day, five days a week until that child is old enough to read and follow written instructions themselves. The adult, the parent, the grandparent is going to need to monitor practice time in terms of making sure it happens and making sure it's a positive experience and that the child is actually practicing what they're supposed to be practicing, that assignments are being completed and they're not simply making the same mistakes that they did the week before. So that fifth sign of readiness is really is the parent available and willing to do this? So those are the indicators that I look at when determining whether a child may be ready for lessons. I've gone through these with some parents who say, oh yes, all those signs of readiness are there. And in that case, it's kind of a no brainer that the child is ready. If some of the signs are there and some aren't, we just kind of talk it through and see which direction the overall balance is tipping. And usually it's pretty clear both to me and the parent if, yeah, you know, this is something that we're ready to try or, eh, you know, let's let's give this a little bit more time here. So that's the long answer. The short answer to this question I do find that the sweet spot for most kids tends to be around first or second grade. At this age, those signs of readiness tend to be there for the most part. And they're young enough that learning the language of music can be very intuitive for them. And they get to reap the benefits of music training from a young age. And at that age, they are also old enough to have the attention span, the small muscle control to enjoy the process without too much frustration. Some kids are ready in kindergarten, and that is the earliest that I personally begin teaching students. That tends to be fairly standard with most teachers who are teaching traditional piano lessons, although not all. I do want to mention a side note. Research does show that making music in childhood benefits the brain for decades, even if you do not continue to play music. I think this is a really important thing to note. Nina Krauss is a scientist and researcher at Northwestern University. Her research is what I'm quoting right here. She's been a guest a couple times on this podcast, most recently in the previous episode, this most the most recent episode. She was talking in that particular episode about her brand new book of Sound Mind. In this book, she writes, older adults with as few as three years experience playing an instrument many decades before exhibited signs of a, quote, younger brain. Playing music is a good investment that pays off in childhood and even decades later. Once the brain has learned to make strong connections between sound and meaning, the brain continues to reinforce the skill automatically. And that's the end of the quote. I'll include a link in the show notes to this episode with Dr. Krauss. If you listen by October 28, you will have a chance to win a free copy of her brand new book. For kiddos who aren't quite 
ready for private lessons. There are a lot of really great early childhood music programs out there. I won't be getting into those today since that's another topic for another day, but in the meantime, you can do a search for early childhood music programs near me to get an idea of what's available in your area. Most of these will be group classes with lots of physical activity, <laughs> and usually they're intended. it's intended that the parent or caregiver attend with the child. And I also have to throw in here too, check out what your local library offers. I took my kids every week to our, our library story time when they were young. It was fantastic. Shout out to the Eden Prairie branch of the Hennepin County Public Library System. Even though it was called Storytime, it always included a song too, usually with some kind of egg shakers or maracas and movement to the music. It's a really fun, free, low commitment way to introduce kids to music and moving to music and rhythm and instill in them an enjoyment of music. You also get to know some fun artists through the music that's curated by whoever's doing the, the story time. Our library story time is how I discovered Lori Berkner's music. Her music saved my sanity <laughs> during those preschool parenting days and really became the soundtrack of my kids' childhood. I actually interviewed Lori Bergner in episode 45. It was around the time that my oldest child, our daughter Adrian, was graduating from high school. I'll put a link in the show notes. It was really a fun, fun conversation and a fun way for Lori to kind of serenade some of her childhood fans who are graduating and also talk about the role of stability that music plays in kids' lives. I do want to mention that the middle school years and the high school years are not too late to begin music lessons. Teenagers have cognitive skills and physical skills that allow them to progress more quickly than younger children. They can read, they understand fractions, their hands are bigger, their small muscle coordination is better. They tend to learn to read music much more quickly than younger children. And if they've decided on their own as teenagers that they want to study music, they will be very motivated. What if you are older or really and truly old <laughs> and you have never taken part in any music making? If you've listened to this podcast for long or follow me at all on social media, you'll know that there are incredible benefits to music lessons in old age. It's never too late. Our brains can continue to be changed and shaped for the better for our entire lives. There's a saying that I love. It's, when is the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When is the second best time to plant a tree? Right now. So if you've never taken music lessons, start now, whatever your age is. I hope this answers some questions about the best time to start music lessons. If you know of someone who may benefit from this episode, please share it with them. You can easily just hit the share option in your podcast app. If you don't see that option right away, look for the three dot icon and tap that and that will probably make it appear. Before I close, I want to give a shout out to the listener with the username History Detective who left the five star Podchaser rating and review recently. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I really appreciate it. That is a huge support and really makes a difference in helping others find the show. 
As always, all the links from today's show and a transcript of this episode can be found in the show notes at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 113. While you're there on the website, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. All links are on that webpage as well as in the episode details right in your podcast app. Thanks so much for joining me today. Until next time, may your life be enhanced with music.